Howdy, my friends, and welcome into the 350th episode of this here podcast. We're so glad that you are here. I was actually traveling up in the Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, and the Ohio area this past week, and I got a text from Sarah, who works with me, and she's like, hey, you should do something special for your 350th episode that I definitely hadn't planned, and uh, I was like, well, I'm in Pittsburgh staying at Father Anthony's Rectory, so I guess we're going to record our 350th episode in person. So we accidentally Accidentally, had a great celebration here for you for 350 episodes uh, that we recorded in a nice, they call it the man cave at the rectory at his parish in Pittsburgh. We uh, talk about uh, my experience of being at a fancy, fancy first Friday mass that Father Anthony celebrated. It was There was some silly moments from me, some cool moments at the parish, and then I had some questions about how they do things up at his parish. Also, uh, we have a conversation that he and I have been looking forward to having for months and it just kept getting put off, kept getting put off. And I think it's perfect here for our celebratory episode. We're going to talk about the morality of the zombie apocalypse. It's might be my favorite conversation we've ever had on this show. We hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. Enjoy. Hello there! Hi! <laughs> and welcome to Forte Catholic. I'm Taylor Schroll. And this is our fireside chat with Father Anthony Schroff. <laughs> there is literally a fireplace, there's a fireplace right, right there. there. It's yeah. not yes, on, yeah. but uh, there's a fireplace right there. We are live in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Not only from Pittsburgh, we are in your rectory. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. We're in the man cave at the rectory, which mm -hmm. I think is technically all of the rectory. Technically all the rectory would be the man cave, yes. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I'm here. We didn't really tell anybody. You know why we didn't tell anybody? Because we didn't know? We didn't know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that this was our 350th episode. I didn't know nope. that whenever we scheduled this trip. Uh, good old Sarah, our, our newest employee, mm -hmm. uh, pointed out, hey, you should do something good for the 350th episode. And I was like, well, guess where I'm going this weekend. <laughs> so I knew I was coming to this area because two and a half weeks ago, uh -huh. uh, I came up and spoke for the first time at Catholic Family Land, which is a... Catholic family church camp uh, about 45 minutes from here. Yeah. And it was a 30 hour trip and you didn't care at all that I didn't come to say hi, nah. but Nick was mad, your brother. Uh -huh. So I was like, okay, um, let me see if I can move some flights around. So uh, for like a week and a half, I called and texted you and Nick to see if it would work out. And then uh, the Thursday before I left on Friday, y'all yeah. were like, okay, you can come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I changed my flights. And here I am. There we go. <laughs> and it's been great. <laughs> so uh, because we didn't plan this, this yeah. is just like a normal weekend. Like I'm the, the last time I was here, like you took vacation and we like went went out on the town. And now I'm just mm -hmm. like getting more of like a, this is a day in the life of Father Anthony Sharapa. Yep. So when I flew in on Friday evening, you were like, it's first Friday. Like we we work. <laughs> yeah. We work yeah, those. Busy. So um, I... We were like, it's fine. I'll just get an Uber because you were going to like, I was getting in around 6, 630 and you were doing first Friday from like five till 830 or yeah. something. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'll just Uber from the airport. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Try to get an Uber. They're like, hey, there's a driver two minutes away. Like every Uber experience. And I'm like, sweet. Pay for it. <laughs> and they're like, actually, here's your money back. We couldn't find a driver. I'm like, that's weird. I'll try again when I get closer. Yeah. So I, I, I walk over there and get closer. And they're like, we'll find your driver in three minutes. Ten minutes later, they're like. Here's your money back. We don't want it. We don't want your money. So, but I'm sitting right in front of a cab service. Yeah. And I've never in my life 
ridden the tech. <laughs> yeah. I've ridden in Ubers. I've ridden in like the hotel shuttles from mm -hmm. hotels to mm -hmm. airports. Never once been in a cab. Mm -hmm. And I, w I wasn't sure how they worked. So I sat outside waiting for my Uber that didn't show up for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I guess this is how I die. Because yeah. <laughs> I got into a yellow cab. And uh, it ended up being not that it was only like 10 bucks more expensive than an Uber. Okay. Yes. And um, the, the little guy is an is a African guy, uh, like actually from Africa. Mm -hmm. And uh, the whole time, we didn't speak at all, which I loved. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Lord did speak. Oh, did he? We <laughs> listened to like whatever the Protestant preaching radio station is. Mm -hmm. I listened to two different preachers on the way on the way to your church, uh -huh. and then I got dropped off like legitimately at the front door of your church. Yeah, like there's a road, and then there's like uh, like I don't know, just pavement. And then your church, and the pavement's like nine feet long, and yeah. then there's the church steps. There's like a, so it's like the main road that goes through town, and then there's like a sidewalk, and then there's kind of like a big like pavilion right before right. the stairs to the church. But you're right there, you're off the road. Yeah, so he pulled onto that pavement. Yeah, that happens a lot. And I got out, and I, you know, with my luggage and my big old traveling backpack, I get out and I say bye to the man. I said, I like your radio station. Had no idea what he thought about dropping me off at the Catholic church right. because this radio station wasn't Catholic. Mm -hmm. uh, but I walked into your parish because yep. you were saying mass. Like it was literally minutes before mass started. Yes. And I walked in with full luggage. Yeah. And boy, <laughs> did I get some looks. Yeah. <laughs> because you know how like ushers are always ready to stop a terrorist attack yeah. at any moment. Yeah. And here you come. Stranger with like suitcase and why? Why do you need that? What, what's, is this a homeless man? Is this you know what's going on here? And I mean, some people say I look homeless all the time, but especially after the hours and hours of flights yeah. that I took, yeah, I looked about as homeless as I get. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I had eyes on me yeah. the whole mess. <laughs> uh, I would like to say that the, I felt the Lord looking upon me, but it was not the Lord that I felt no. looking at. No. The the craziest time uh, that. I had eyes on me was when I needed to go to the bathroom about halfway through. Yep. And therefore I was leaving my big old backpack. And yep, unattended. And I could tell when I asked the usher, where's the bathroom? He didn't want to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want me to leave without my stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. but he did. And I, and it was all, it was all good. So and good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this was your first Friday mm -hmm. mass. Uh, you tell you tell us what's special. Well, about I've your had first many Friday, Friday mass. masses, but this was the first Friday mass of the month. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah, so we do this thing uh, on the first Fridays where it's um, adoration from six o'clock to seven o'clock, and then we have a very fancy mass starting at seven. Uh, and at mass we do ad orientum, um, so no one can see my face. This, the, if you're watching, ad orientum. This means ad orientum. Yes, it does. Just jazz hands. Jazz hands <laughs> means ad orientum. Um, we usually have like a scola. Uh, do a lot what of is chant. That? A scola is like a fancy choir. Okay. A scola to me as a yeah. Houston kid is a basketball player that played for us when we were going to the playoffs a lot. No. Was this person also a good singer? I don't think so. Oh, unfortunate. Anyway. A so large, <laughs> like, Eastern European white man, so I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could chant well. I don't know. I don't judge. Um, so a uh, small fancy choir usually. Um, we do more Latin in the mass. They were literally well. a small choir. Well, this, this week was a special week. <laughs> special week. We had a very tiny choir meeting... Um, this week, we had this thing that which we have uh, begun to lovingly call Chant Camp, where it's like a little camp for uh, kids. They practice chant throughout the week, and they have games and snacks and stuff, and it's from the morning until like lunchtime or whatever. And they were practicing learning chant, and it culminated in the first Friday Mass. So this the choir of kids, like 30-some kids who went to this chant camp, like sang 
um, Latin hymns and and chant, and they were really good. It's they were like they very were really good. good. <laughs> it was very very like I didn't know you made an announcement like right at the announcement time at the end of the mass. Yeah. You're like, let's give it. You know, I just want to let you know that this was special. Like this was you know, yeah. told the the congregation what you just told us. Yeah, and I was like, oh. I thought they'd been doing this for years. Yeah, yeah really good. At yeah, I was I was very <laughs> impressed. Been doing it for four and a half days. A lot of these kids, they were little too. You know, it was uh, so that was great. It was so it, uh, it's a candlelight mass. Um, so the lights are very low. We have candles all over the place, um, and usually the homily is a little bit longer. And we just kind of do do it up for this mass, for Friday devotions, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, that's why that's I was on uh, for this month, and yeah, that's what I was doing. So uh, one of the other reasons that I probably had eyes on me throughout the whole mass. Mm-hmm. Is that these are the notes that I took? If you you can't read them, but you can see how long they are. Yes. And I was so I was on my phone for most of mass <laughs> because this is how I view it. Yeah. It's it's Friday night. Yes. I don't have to be there. No, you don't. Meaning, I can take notes and for show content. I that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's it's Sunday mass. You can get mad at me. Yeah. I didn't have to be there. No, no, you didn't have to be there. <laughs> there are people who sometimes take notes during the homily. I see them. Doing that, um, that's more of a, I think, I hope, a spiritual reflection and less for content. But what is what is a podcast if not a prayer that you broadcast to your friends? Uh, I like that. That's a good WandaVision yeah. reference. Um, I don't know the difference between uh, preparing for content and preparing for prayer. Yeah. Because they're the same thing. <laughs> they're the same thing. Uh, and usually what most people do, what, what most people should be doing is I'm go- I have this thought I'm going to pray about it, and then I'm going to talk about it on my content device thing. Yeah, um, I do the opposite. I take notes about it, talk about it on my content device, and then therefore me and my co-host decide whether I should be praying about uh, yes, this. This is not. the discernment process. <laughs> so, yes. So okay. All th- all, clearly, I don't pray about what we talk about here. If you've no, listened to this no. before, uh, but I did a. a stream of consciousness, my thoughts throughout the Mass. Okay. So there's some positive things in here. No real negatives. Mm-hmm. Maybe some some um, <laughs> points of interest, intrigue. Why was this the way that it was? Okay, okay. But no, there's, I don't think real negative. And some just kind of general observations. So we're just going to go through. And this is just, you've been to Mass before. You know how Mass goes. Uh, so I, I wrote the first thing down. Yep. Um, I don't know how many people have ever been dropped off to Mass by cab. I'm sh- I know it's happened a lot. Yeah, I'm not. It's not one of those Catholic firsts. No, but it is a Catholic weird. It is. I think because most people, like most time, churches will be built close to where a community is, and like we have some people who like from community homes and like retirement homes that get dropped off by bus. Uh, but cab, there's not a lot of cabs in Pittsburgh anyway. Not a lot of cabs in the suburbs. So yeah, especially in this area. I mean, to put it in perspective, yeah. like I flew for five and a half hours and took my first ever cab just to make it to this mass. That's kind of impressive. I mean, just, I, I just to barely pay attention, just to take notes for content. <laughs> Dude, I was so exhausted. <laughs> I, I, as I've told you, I've had I had a rough flight experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was a little um, not not. In my, I wouldn't say not myself, but I was in a weird headspace that's actually kind mm-hmm. of normal for me. Okay, I get into this headspace where I'm like, I probably shouldn't be acting like this, but I can't stop <laughs> i can't stop sometimes i'm in the headspace where i'm like i shouldn't be doing this and i'm choosing to do it anyway yes yes but there's this other ones where i'm like i'm not in full control right because i'm exhausted you're just kind of delirious after yeah, yeah. travel yeah, yeah. delirious and demon both start with de i'm not going to say that i'm possessed uh, but yes <laughs> uh first thing that i noticed okay very dark very dark very dark in this mass uh it is we're in pittsburgh in the summer uh i mean honestly uh, 60 to 70% of the reason that I 
camp early because I mentioned I'm, I'm going to speak. If I'm speaking from Monday to Wednesday yeah. at this camp, and I'm with you Friday through Sunday, Monday morning. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have to come early. Sixty mm. percent of the reason that I came early was to spend time with you. Yeah. Forty was just that it's twenty degrees cooler than here than it is in Texas. Right. It's been triple digits every day for a month, and there's no end in sight. And I was like, I just kind of want it to be in the eighties. So you're all yeah. like, it's so hot. I'm like, this is chilly. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but the first thing I noticed is that it's 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 a little hot. There's there's no AC in the church. No. Which there wouldn't be any Catholics in Texas. We didn't have yes, AC in yes. our church. They all be dead. <laughs> so, so is that a is that a uh, trad traditional thing to not have AC? Is it because it's an older church? Is it because it's the north? What? what why yeah. was there not? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. A lot of those things. There is heat in the church, um, but there is no. Um, uh, you can't AC. just flip it. No, no, you can't like make the hot steam going through the pipes into cold. I don't know. Um, so the church was built in two stages. The the bottom floor, which is now a hall, um, it was kind of like the first church, if you will, and that's air conditioned. Um, and the top is not, and it might be just because of technology of the time. It's a really big church, right? So yeah, yeah. it just was not built with AC. Um, we have these fans that we plugged into like walls and stuff. Yeah. So, um, which is very not traditional, which is why I was kind of confused. Yes. I, like, I kind of feel like it's a traditional thing. Cause I, I felt like I walked into 1864, like yes. in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like, I felt the ancientness of Catholicism. Mm -hmm. Like this has been here for way longer than I've been yeah, around. Yeah. Like, uh, but then I was like, there's also like $8 fans in the stained glass it's, windows. It's really <laughs> embarrassing. That's the most embarrassing thing. The church is gorgeous. And we have like these $8 white desk fans, many of which are kind of like broken. Right. And they're just like, and they're like, they're kind of almost like taped to the walls. And we do it every single church summer. Church not AC go burr. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's whatever, you know, um, it's not a perfect place, but uh, yeah. So um, there is, there was some talk about getting like AC in the building and apparently like to do that would be like $1.8 million. Um, I think that was a few years ago. I think, um, we're thinking about doing another like evaluation, see if it's possible, but, but, but who knows with that? Um, I've got 10 is, bucks. Yeah. Cost. That, okay. <laughs> I think if we held a collection in one weekend, we would, we'd raise the money. Yes. Just, we, just do it in the hottest week of the summer. Yes. Just one Guys, collection. we're doing a collection. Yeah. We need to raise $2 million. It'd be, we got five. We're million. doing a second collection. Also for the AC. Yes. They're both yes. for the AC. Mm -hmm. We just got to ask you. I boys. will keep preaching until we get the money. <laughs> Let's see who dies first. The preacher. The, yeah. And the thing is, you know, it's it was not super hot outside, but filibuster just filibuster hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't super hot outside or anything, but just it's so humid and it, the heat gets trapped in that building. It's it's rough. It's a it's a sweaty day. So it was it was warm, but it wasn't hot. No, like even with the AC on, like in our Texas matches recently, like it's been hotter than yeah. That. Like it was it was warm, but it was like it was like this is a nice new experience for mm -hmm. me. Uh, but the darkness was also confusing because I had been in here before just. Like, you just showed it to me. You're like, here's the church. Yes. Okay, let's go back now. Yeah. Um, but all the lights were off with the ability to be on. Like, so you can't just flip a switch and the AC turns on. Right. But you could literally flip a switch and the lights would go on. That is on. how lights work, yes. Um, uh, not in my bedroom. I flip it on and then about three seconds later it turns on. Yeah. Uh, which made me think, like, you know, I thought about the creation story a little bit different. Mm. Let there be light. One, two, <laughs> flickers a little three. bit. <laughs> She's like, ah, I got gotcha. you. I am powerful. <laughs> Let there be light go burn. Um, but why was it so dark? Uh, I like, I couldn't see you. Yeah, I couldn't see the lectors. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like hard for me to. It, it felt like I was listening to a podcast in the prettiest 
podcast listening space ever. Yes. Because I couldn't see you guys, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, here's the best podcast. Yes. So, um, one, you are all the way in the back. So, that, that's, there's that. Where I belong. Yes, obviously. I can't uh, bring a bomb to the middle of it. No, no, no. Stay. <laughs> do less damage that way. Um, so, we do this thing, and uh, normally it's actually darker, because it, during the winter and stuff, there's like no light coming from the outside. And the idea is just a candlelight mass. It's kind of more subdued in the environment. Um, it looks pretty. Uh, and, it did look pretty. Yeah, right? And I didn't have to see you, so it looked Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You have to see like the sweat like going through my eyebrows into my eyes and me crying the entire mess. Um, but yeah, that's all it is. It's just a, a, a choice, you know, to make something a little special, a little different. And uh, that's really all it is. It's not like necessary or anything. But we do that for our first Friday masses. We also have a Friday, uh, sorry, a Sunday evening mass where we do candlelight mass, same deal. So. So I wavered on it back and forth because yeah. I was like, even you know, trying to make some assumptions of like why this is, and it's like it did feel more ancient and more like so like I'm going back with like the good and the and the maybe not so good. The bad was like it was harder for me to pay attention, sure, just because like I wasn't like I like watching people's voices whenever they talk. Mm -hmm. um, if you do too, YouTube.com/slash/FortiCatholic. If you listen to this on the podcast, there you go. Uh, but also it was like. Even if that's, but I was thinking like, oh, the positive is like I've heard you and Father Harrison talk on Clerical Speaking, like taking a little bit of the the of yourself out of out yeah. of the mass a little bit, like trying not to make it the Father Anthony show mm -hmm. and not being able to see you does make it not the Father Anthony show. Right. But uh, there was also no lights on the altar, yeah. so it was like also not the God show. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, and I would have I I kind of wrestled with it through Matt, you yeah. know, for, for a couple minutes. I only thought about it for like three minutes and took notes about it, and then I moved on. Yeah. Um, but. That I would have been fine, but mm -hmm. then after mass, yeah. somebody went on and turned on like the four lights on the altar. I'm like, where were those the whole yeah, time? <laughs> yeah, I would have liked for those to be on. Like, there, there, there were candles on the altar. It's not like the altar was completely right. dark, but it was dark. Yeah, we could have put. We had one spotlight on the altar instead of all three. I think. Oh, I was, so there are, even the spotlights that would help. That would help. That's yeah. a compromise. Yes, yes, uh, that's what I would prefer. But they, they, I mean. The thing is, like, when you have so much to do as a priest, if someone else is setting it up for you, you don't complain that much. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it yeah. works, and it's fine. I'm not going to tweak, you know, yeah, every yeah. little thing. So. I got you. Okay. Next. Um, the Alleluia. Yes. The uh, the intro to the Alleluia. So, like, you know, like, at any any mass, uh, like Mass of Creation. Alleluia. Like, there's that little intro part. Sure, sure. The, the the like seven second intro to the Alleluia yeah. on Friday night is the most terrifying music I've ever heard in the church in my entire life. <laughs> it sounded like brum, 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 brum. <laughs> it was like the like uh, it and like Alleluia literally means like praise God, praise Yahweh, yeah. right? So typically it's like a la 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 la, praise your God. You're like it's like a happy thing. Sure. And this was more like remember God exists, you sinner, and kind of like. Reminding you that Satan exists right before you praise God. <laughs> and again, I kind of would have been fine with it if it was like the intro and the outro. Yeah. But then it was just the intro for like seven seconds. Mm -hmm. And then it was the sweetest little pretty hallelujah with mm -hmm. the kids singing. And it was sweet and pretty. And the scary, scary music never came back. Yeah. And I'm like, what just happened? It was one of the strangest musical experiences. Yeah. Not worse. I've had a thousand worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But scariest musical sure. experience in a mess. It's funny because I had... It, did not strike me at all. I mean, because I've been at the parish for a long time. It almost time. literally struck me. Yeah. Like, I physically felt it. <laughs> did not notice this at all. Um, so we got this very fancy old pipe organ, and we've got some uh, musicians that they, they pick different 
hymns and stuff to do for like the musical like intro and outro stuff. So I don't know if that was a, like an ad lib kind of deal, if that was part of it, but it, it did not strike me at all as anything different. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I was physically injured for like yeah. four minutes. Cool. <laughs> I recovered by your homily, yeah. but I don't remember what the gospel was. So um, I I put here, praise God or else. <laughs> I like that though. I like that though. Maybe you fell asleep during the readings, and now it's like, hey, it's the gospel. Yeah, it's because I couldn't see. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, the other thought that I had was that. Uh, the organist, I, I'm making all this up. None of this is real. But like, that like the organist is like a person with a past. Yeah. It's like he used to play organ in like a screamo satanic band. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like he was playing that style and then remembered that he like went through RCIA yeah. and started playing super sweet That's again, probably so. exactly what happened. Yeah, that's the most reasonable explanation. Um, okay. Yeah. So uh, again, this is just stream of consciousness. So uh, my next quote mm. Uh, I, it was Jesus is not special. Jesus is not special. And the reason that I wrote this was that um, uh, I see I didn't remember the gospel, but I did at the time. Yeah. Jesus was not welcome in his hometown, mm-hmm. and so they thought Jesus isn't special. Yeah. He's just a kid that grew up with Joe and Mare Mare. Yeah. And like we, he's not special. Right. right? Who's this guy? Yeah. And, How dare he preach to us? <laughs> and therefore he doesn't. He doesn't like he didn't. He didn't want to perform miracles because yeah. they're you know. He was like, well, fine. That's, that's exactly how Jesus talks, yes. <laughs> He's very vindictive. Uh, but, but it was also uh, the feast of St. John Vianney, mm-hmm. who's the patron saint of priests. Mm-hmm. And I I have a big connection with this uh, uh, prophet not welcome in his hometown. This was the last reading when I lived 45 minutes from here. Uh-huh. And it was the last reading on the last Sunday before I moved to become the youth minister at my home parish. Uh-huh. Didn't go too well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went well for about a year, then it didn't go well for another, the next year. Yep. Uh, so it was, it's a scripture about prophets, and it was very prophetic in my yes, life. Yes, yes. And then I was thinking, because I'm like, here with you, you're my friend who's a priest, and it's cool that I'm here on the sure. Feast of St. John Vianney, because yeah. he's the patron of priests, he's the patron of my friend. Yes. I can't see him. I can't see him. He's somewhere over there. there. <laughs> I can hear him. Yeah. Um, but... For diocesan priesthood, I never thought about this verse connecting with diocesan priesthood. Because oh, yeah, yeah. you're a priest, maybe not in your hometown. But not far from it. But it's Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh somewhere, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so have you ever felt like, you know, prophet not welcome in his hometown as mm-hmm. a priest of a diocese? Uh, not so much, because at least in our diocese... Like, so you're saying you're better than Jesus. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm, I haven't been in my hometown, is what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> I'm not saying I'm better than Jesus. You may say things like that, but I do not. Um, uh, so, my quote that Jesus is not special might not be true, but it can be true for yes, you. Yes, <laughs> uh, Father, I is certainly not special. So, like, I, I, priests rarely, if ever, in my diocese get assigned to their home parish where they grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times that's not an issue. Um, and like I'm in the South Hills of Pittsburgh and it's basically an island unto itself. Like in Pittsburgh, this place of three rivers, if you have to cross a river or a bridge, it might as well be in a different universe. And there's lots of rivers and bridges and that sort of thing. So not so much that, um, yeah, that's never been a thing because everyone is so like for church and parishes, like you have your parish, it's kind of all you know of church and priests come and go. And so it's, I came out of like nowhere for these people. You know, like barely anybody had heard of me because I was just in a different area of the diocese. So that's never been really much of a problem. Good. I'm happy for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm more like Jesus than yeah. you in this scenario. Some people might just not listen to me, but it's not because <laughs> I'm from their hometown. You know? um, 
I, this, so this was what? Yeah. About 20, 20 minutes into mass or whatever. Probably. So at some point we sit down, you're giving your homily and I'm still kind of taking in the beauty and the massiveness of this church. It's huge. It's I literally church. introduced it on FaceTime to my daughters as a castle yeah. and they believe me. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's believable as a castle. Father Anthony lives in the castle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so sometime towards the beginning of your homily, I noticed the greatest part of the design. Mm. And I think mm, you could put 800 people in there and maybe one other person would recognize what I recognized about the best part. Maybe not the prettiest, but sure. the best part about the architecture of this building. Huh. There are these large pillars. Yeah. Like, I mean, like eight foot round. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't hug to half of it. No, they you could not. Huge. Yeah, yeah. And they're at the end of pews. Yeah. Which make them perfect for parents of little kids. Yeah. To hide the kids. <laughs> no, because oh. I can sit on the end <laughs> yeah. and they can't escape. That's good too. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe, they can go, but like, even if they go under, like there's kneelers and stuff in the way. Oh yeah. Like they can't go out the other side. Mm -hmm. So I can sit on one end mm -hmm. and they can move back and forth in the pews, but they can't get out. Yeah. It's the greatest designed church I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, there's that. I never thought about that. And if they try to go under the pew, you just, you just, it's like a rat trap with the kneelers. Just, gah, gah, gah. <laughs> 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 um, one thing I heard during your homily mm -hmm. was that your parish uh, had has six men in formation for priesthood, mm -hmm. which is insane. Mm -hmm. Six people from this parish. Yep. In what what's what's going on here? Uh, you know, what's I, in the wild? So like some of the guys. Okay, so the one guy is a transitional deacon right now. He's been in the parish for a long time before Father Brian and I were there. Uh, two guys are entering seminary formation now. Um, this this fall. Um, other guys, I think um, it's been a very active, alive parish for a long time. Um, I think especially the last bunch of years, like the focus on the liturgy. Um, you saw how many servers we had for this mass. I uh, guesstimate 28. Yeah, yeah, it was. And the, the, you have these young guys who enjoy serving and stuff, and, and they get involved in the liturgy in a way that's like, they were asking me to use incense. I'm saying, no, we can't use incense this mass. Like, they're, they're getting really into it without any of my, like, prompting. Uh, I think that's a big part of it as well. Are it helps with the incense that the windows are open. Yes, yes, it does. When it's closed, that, that place gets smoky, even though it's big. Um, and we have a great youth ministry for the last few years as well. I, I mean, who knows? Um, but it, it's a sign that we're doing something not wrong, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, people like that's a lot, man. Yeah. That's a lot for yeah. one parish. It it's is crazy. It is. So it's 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 source of healthy pride. I think we're doing something right. Our parish has healthy pride in the two bishops that grew up in our parish. That's pretty cool. So less priests from our parish, but more bishops. So I more think bang for your buck. We're winning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I noticed this in my parish last weekend, mm -hmm. and then I noticed it even more. I literally had this thought, and then I came to your church, which does what my church does, but like t with an extra 33%. Okay. Why are churches so tall? Why are churches <laughs> so tall? There's no point to it. I don't know. Why are churches so tall? What's the point? It's so much empty space. Now, before you answer, I get prettiness in a church. Sure. And there are pretty things on your ceiling. There are pretty things. There on are pretty things. Uh, but there's a lot of empty blank space between the pretty ceilings and yeah. like the pillars that I was just mentioning. Yeah. I feel like you could have the same prettiness and the same amount of prettiness uh, that that I was guesstimating because I use basketball goals in my head. Mm -hmm. It's probably 50 to 60 feet tall. And I think it could be 30 and just be just as pretty. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Um, so a uh, question for you. Um, uh, yes or no, the church is kind of like God's house, right? 
Not kind of. It is. It is God's. Okay, good, good. And is God small or big? Both. Um, I would argue that God's very big. He dwells in the atoms in my finger. He does. But you know how many atoms there are? So many. My, I only know three. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the point is, it's God's house. I think God's very big. He can sometimes be small, but most parts are very big. And he has to fit inside the house. So that's why it's so big. Also, you need room for all the angels. You know, there's angels at mass. And they're not going to sit in the pews. They have to chill up there, right? That's where they go. They have, that's why I have the wings. They're up in the air. That's why a church is supposed to be big too. Um, place for all the smoke to go when we use incense as well. Very practical. God is big, so churches are big. I think it's anything but practical. <laughs> I think it's largely impractical. No, and I the, mean the pun. Well, the real reason is, is that it's, uh, the church itself is kind of like this sacrament pointing towards God. Quite literally, you know, how Jesus ascends into the heavens. Like the whole church building with its spires and everything is pointing towards the heavens. When you walk in the church, one of the first things you do in that church is like, whoa, you look up, right? So it's kind of like lifting your senses up in a certain sense. That's why churches are so big. I think you can get the same effect for the 30-foot tall church. I think it's still bigger than others. Sure. I, I think um, if God the angels are going to live there, we should make it a six-floor building and let them stay in the top Give them top like a little apartment and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a little penthouse suite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just one of those things. I just never thought about it because yeah. most of the churches that I grew up going to yeah. are not this tall. Yeah. And they were just fine. Yeah. And then uh, I come here and I'm like, Why? <laughs> But you you could have had AC in the 30th Yes, church. yes, that's also true. It'd be worth it for that. If I could go back in time in the 1940s and be like, no, make it smaller so we're going to AC. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a short church. Like, I, I grew up in a church that was not very tall at all. Um, but you do notice a difference, right? You walk in and you're like, oh, this is very big. There's something about it that's kind I of did. like, whoa. I did. That's the effect for Okay, not convinced. Um, the homily seemed perfect for me. Okay. Did you want, you can be honest, did you once in your prep for this homily yeah. or during the homily think of me? Um, I was aware that you would be there. In the same way, like when my, when my parents show up at Mass, I know they're going to be there. So I'm wondering what they will think of it. But I just prep the homily for the congregation or what, whatever I think God is asking me to say. So it was not for you, though I was aware. I was like, I wonder if Taylor would like this or not. Eh, but we're going to preach and see what happens. Okay, okay, okay. So that, that much. Yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. I, I have been known in the past. I, f I often think, it, it could be a prideful question, yeah. but there have been times with priest friends of mine that I've like either given feedback to for past stuff, mm -hmm. or they know something's going on. I just had a conversation with them during the week or whatever, where like they've said, it's like, I, I literally had my pastor say to me, yeah. I thought about you during the intro of my homily. Not the whole time, right. but I had commented, I think I even shared the story here on the podcast. Right, right. I commented on his, in his intro. And he he did a very different intro. I, it was a it was a like stark and like in, in like uh, it's gonna catch your reaction intro. Yeah. And the next one was so playful and fun. And it's like he's like I I thought about you. Yeah. When I was doing it, you know. Uh, and like it's, that's not saying it's about me. I, I don't think that's a pride thing. No. But it's like it's happened enough times where I feel like, especially with like when I was running retreats and and conferences, I'd be like, hey, this is what we've been doing. This is what. You know, preach what you want, but this is this is what we've already talked about. This would be a great finisher, and like so, yeah. I have I have influenced some homilies yes. before, right? Sure. Um, this one just seems so tailored to me <laughs> that I was like, I, I, I wondered. Sure, yeah. I, but so I'm I'm glad it wasn't, but it was really good for me. Yeah, uh, a few things may happen. Like things I address in homilies, usually it's not just one person who is struggling with this thing. Usually it's a lot of people struggling with this thing. Uh, but I'll say the, the worst, I mean, I, I really 
never try to uh, create a homily with one person in mind because like that means it's going to be a bad homily in a certain sense. Now, if you think of somebody, whatever. But the one, the few times I think a homily about me would be incredible. Uh, it'd be interesting um, <laughs> for you, I guess. Uh, people who knew you. But the, the worst that, that has happened is like I, I'm preaching a homily, and as I'm preaching, I see someone in the congregation, and I think about a conversation we've said. I think to myself, oh, I hope they don't think I'm preaching about them because mm. I'm not. But that, like I can see how they might think that because of what I know or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, no, try, I try to make sure not to do that. You could be like the other day. I had a conversation with someone, and it was in the confessional. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's mm, no good. Okay. Yeah. Um, my next note is still about your homily. I okay. really, really enjoyed it. Cool. And uh, I'm just going to read all of this because it's a lot kind of packed into one thing. And <laughs> okay. This is what I wrote um, at the end of the homily. All right. So I, you have said in the past, especially on Clerical Speaking, you've also said it here, mm -hmm. that you aren't fully yourself or you are a muted version of yourself at mass in homilies. Yeah. Like to, to not make it the Father Anthony show. Right. So I think um, uh, what I, I was worried when I heard that. Yeah. Like from far away. I, like, sure. Because I, I have, the only time I have seen you celebrate mass mm -hmm. was in two vastly different scenarios. One was you were online here and I was mining for content over there and watching you to make fun of you. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's a, that is not a mass experience. No. That's a Taylor sitting on his computer doing a podcast yeah. experience. <laughs> the other times were when you celebrated mass for our men's retreats mm -hmm. where it's nine people and it, you were like, you're, you were tired you were you just got woken up from a nap like you were you were, you were a little more bit casual the whole more thing. Yeah. muted casual than like you know you weren't being rambunctious or like silly or whatever so yeah. but i think what i what i heard when you're talking about it here and you yeah. talked about it on clerk speaking was like i i thought you my assumption was that you were going too far okay i don't know why i had that assumption but i, th I guess it was just the way that you guys were talking about it sure that it kind of felt like you fe you felt like you couldn't have any of your personality mm -hmm. in mass. Mm -hmm. If I have any, which like your personality and your manner of speaking yeah. is um, attractive. Yeah, like people like of... listening to you on podcasts. People like listening to you. <laughs> like, like, so I was like, are you turning that off? Yeah, why <laughs> don't we do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. That's so fair, I yeah. was like, I, um, and then I came here, yeah. and it's different than what I thought you meant. Okay, I was like, you were definitely still you, mm -hmm. um, and I could sense. But I, but I could sense the infusion of grace in your vocation mm. uh, in a way that I don't think I've experienced before. Yeah. Um, so I think it was because I was seeing you in your own place. Even when I was like taking you seriously yeah. um, at the masses, at the retreat, it's not your place. You were visiting yeah. and you're traveling. You're kind of tired. Like it's not you in your place. Yes, you're still performing your priesthood. You're still a priest. Right. But like you were in a special way ordained to be a priest in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And yeah. I am now seeing you as a priest in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. Um Ministering to your own people in your own place, uh, so I was I was happy because mm -hmm. it it kind of for whatever reason my assumption that you were like you were still yourself like you were still engaging it was easy to listen to like yeah. I already said it it felt like it was like for me whether then it, it, it wasn't but it yeah. felt like it was and it was just a really good homily and but people were, I was in the back people were paying attention I was like. So I don't know. So my worries about it were gone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess you can see. Yeah. So yeah, you can tell. Like it's definitely me. And sometimes there'll be like very me mannerisms that slip into the homily. If it happens, it happens. No big deal. But at the same time, like you're speaking to a church and different audience, so you're gonna do things a little differently. It's different than a talk. It's different than a podcast. Um, but yeah, you're right because you don't want like God chose me to be a priest. There's something about me that He wants to use. So to so that's good. That's good. I'm glad. 
I, I would be worried if someone came to one of my masses and said like that that wasn't you up there. Mm. Like there was no connection between your person and your priesthood. Like yeah. that would that'd be worrying. So cool. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It was very good. Yeah. Um so I really enjoyed it. And I, I just yeah, I just really it was cool. It was it was a new experience for me, which like you and I have had in many experiences. So it's Absolutely. like we don't have a ton of new ones anymore. You, know? you, you got to see me do my thing in my place. In your place. <laughs> and it was it was really cool. Um yeah. uh, the one thing about your personality that you cannot mute. Yeah. Is your Italian hand? Oh my gosh! Yeah, you—you you are one hundred percent you. You did this the whole mass, yeah. the entire mass. You're doing every Italian hand gesture oh except gosh. maybe one. Yes, <laughs> and it was very, very silly, and it made me very happy. I'm like, that's still my. Oh, friend. absolutely, absolutely. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. Another experience of Taylor being in a mass with Father Anthony. Okay. There were many, many times in your homily and other parts in the mass mm -hmm. uh, where you stopped talking and there was a, a second, two seconds, three seconds mm -hmm. of silence. Yeah. And I had the utter, the, the urge to say something. <laughs> because every conversation we have in gaming, yeah. how conversation works in person, podcasting, if you're quiet for three seconds, it means it's your turn I'm to talk. Gonna say it's your turn to talk, obviously. Now, well, I was tired enough that you stopped in your homily. Like, you're not lost, you're just making a point. You said something, you know, St. John Vianney left his parish. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a good priest. Like, that's what I wanted to say, you know? You, you, like, because there, there was something kind of funny you said. You were telling the story about how St. John Vianney, um, that, like, modern people might not call him a good priest yeah. because he literally left his congregation. And that's a great point, except that two sentences later, yeah. you said St. John Vianney loved his people. I'm like, I don't think he did. <laughs> <laughs> and you paused, and I almost said it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I was like, oh, I'm not part of this. No. <laughs> it's very funny. Very, very funny experience. Um, we'll, we'll do the rest of this pretty quick. You okay. said uh, you you did the long version of the Eucharistic prayer, which meant you said my daughter's name, Felicity. Felicity, I, I did think of you okay. and your daughter at that moment. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Taylor's daughter. Felicity, uh, I did think of you then. It is, it is a weekly favorite because our parish is... You're kind of going doing a little bit more traditional kind of yeah. stuff, like doing that longer Eucharistic prayer. So it's this thing. Like, I get to celebrate that with her yeah. every week, yeah. and she's always like, you know, at that point in mass, she's like not paying attention. Right. She always go, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> so I pictured her next to me going, "Who?" Yeah. And trapped between me and the pillar. Yeah. Um, uh, we already talked about the chant camp. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing about during mass, and then I had a couple. I had a couple of things about. Uh, uh, something that should have been after Mass, but was in Mass. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, the last thing about during Mass. Yeah. When in Rome, mm -hmm. do as the Romans do. When sure. in a Roman Catholic church, they everybody is going up to the altar rail and kneeling and receiving on the tongue. You go up and take communion on the altar rail, kneeling on the tongue. Sure. Which... I've done thrice in my life, <laughs> and two of them being in the last three yeah. weeks. Um, so that's not typically how I do it. I'm, I, I am a standing up, bow down, in the hand, sure. put it put it in my mouth. Like that is, that's how I've always done, right? But I'm not going to be disrespectful to a community when I come to a community. I've traveled enough where I'm like, if they're doing weird uh, <laughs> 70s hippies things, yeah. if it's not actually wrong, yeah. I might do it. I have become all things to all people, yeah. right? Um, so when I'm... 
So I'm fine with it. And it's doing one of those things where I'm like, I'm in, I'm in Rome. Yeah. I am trying to. So I'm, I, I make sure that I do my pre-communion prayers in the pews. Because yeah. as I'm walking up, I'm like, I'm going to just watch what's going on. Yeah, I see what's I going on. I don't know how this works. <laughs> I got to see where I'm going, you know? Um, so I'm watching. And it, to my, we talked a little bit about it after. Mm-hmm. You said, you know, some people switch like the hand. But like, to me, it kind of looked like everybody's receiving the tongue. So I'm like. Yeah, definitely most. I'm going to go up and kneel, receive on the tongue. But. And again. When in Rome. Do as Romans do. Mm-hmm. I was fine with it. I'm going to do it. But boy. <laughs> It was marble yeah. with no padding. Yeah. That is mean. <laughs> when have you ever had to kneel as the priest on the marble? That, it's so mean. I, I, I've, I have to kneel on marble for different things. I've done mm. that. Yes, yes, yes. Especially during so, Holy Week. I was so mad. That's fair. Which is why I announced, I think you, this made sense to you after the fact, that like before communion, I was like, if you have trouble kneeling, just please stand at the altar rail. Because... Right. You know, when we first started doing this, some of the older people who always forget that they're old, they want to do all the things. <laughs> and I see them like kneel down. And I'm like, don't, because I'm afraid you can never get back up again. <laughs> right? right? Don't do that. So, yeah. well, uh, I realized after that uh, I wouldn't, I wasn't able to kneel after. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's the last thing. Okay, you are a large proponent mm-hmm. of uh, what is it? Do the black, say the red. Yeah. Is that what No, opposite. Uh, say the red, do the black. Okay, say the red, do the black. Huh? Isn't that what I said? You I, said say the red, do the black. It's say the black, do the red. Oh, okay. I thought you just took what I said and swapped the I order. might have. We have to go back to <laughs> film, but the black stuff is, is the words you say okay. and the red stuff. Okay, I guess I, I I did say it wrong because I, sure. I thought the red, like Jesus' words in Protestant Bibles are red. So Correct. That's right. Right. Okay, that's confusing. <laughs> I've been saying that wrong for a very long time yeah. because of uh, the red letters in the Bible. Okay. Uh, but in the Mass, mm-hmm. it does not say you say a Hail Mary before the final blessing. Now, does it? Uh, we did not say a Hail Mary before the final blessing. You said multiple Hail Marys before the final blessing. I gave the final <laughs> blessing, and then we did all the Leonine oh, prayers. Oh, Reverend Sir, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you did we not. We have to go back to the tape. You did not. You said, the, you said Hail Marys, and then you gave the final blessing, and we left. I, I, I feel like I said the prayers was, after the go in peace. Because I was, no, you did not. I'm sure you were I, not delirious. I I promise you, because I was so surprised because of everything I know about you, I think you were, uh, I think maybe the heat got to you a little maybe bit. Maybe it did. Because what is supposed to happen, and I think what I did, but maybe I didn't. 100% not. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> is, yeah, we end with the... Um, you know, final blessing. And then we do the Leonine prayers, which are three Hail Marys, another prayer to Mary, uh, I think another prayer to Mary, and then the um, uh, St. Michael the Archangel prayer. We only do that on good, uh, First Fridays. Normally, we just end the Mass after the final blessing with the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. Okay. Because we are St. Michael, Michael the Archangel Parish, Parish. Parish, yeah. So if I did that, mea culpa, my fault. It was not intentional. You did. That wasn't my actual problem because, yes. again, I don't care. Yes. Like, yeah, I, first I, time, yeah. But it was just a funny thing was, because yeah. you've been – it was very much against who you I thought you were, right? No, no, no. I'm just – I mean, in a, I'm stupid, so it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's perfectly in line with who I am. Here's what I actually had a problem with. Yeah. As an outsider to the parish. Yeah. I'm just going to read my notes. Mm-hmm. I'm taking notes live as this is happening. Mm-hmm. Mass is over. I can do whatever I want. Actually, it wasn't. <laughs> it was you hadn't given the final blessing. Yeah, yeah. First Hail Mary. I was like, oh. This is nice. We just talked about her at Foundations the night before. Thursday night. I, this is I'm at first Friday Mass. Thursday night we talked, we had our Merry Night at Foundations, and it was beautiful. Uh, one person there struggles with Mary and stuff. So I said that first Hail Mary for them. 
We started the second Hail Mary, and I said, uh oh. Because <laughs> you and I have talked before about being trapped with prayer. Yep. Bus rosaries? No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, pr- uh, plain rosaries? No, no thank you. you. Ma- uh, roaches out loud before mass? No, no thank, thank you. you. I'm trapped. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be trapped into prayer. Yep. So we said the second Hail Mary. I said, uh oh. We started the fourth. Then we, then we did a third Hail Mary. Yes. And then we started the fourth Hail? Hail. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> but it was Hail, Holy Queen. Yes, yes. And we moved on, and I knew that that meant we were ending at some point. We did Hail, Holy Queen, and then uh, the St. Michael prayer. But when we got to that fourth Hail, I go, oh, Hail, no. <laughs> there were Okay, so there were like three or four times I thought of you specifically. One, I'm in the back of the church. I say, see that you made it. Great. I'm happy that Taylor's in my home. <laughs> Very happy. Um, I thought about you. Um, when uh, I mentioned uh, Felicity in the prayer. Yes. yes. Um, I When you went to receive communion, I'm like, I wonder what Taylor's going to do for communion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not receiving one time. And like, you did it. I'm like, oh, look at that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, look at this guy. And then I was like, as I said the second Hail Mary, Hail Mary I'm like, <laughs> Taylor's, <laughs> Taylor's not going to like this. He's going to be very confused by all the prayers. And to be clear. Yes. To be clear. <laughs> I do not care yeah. that we did three Hail Marys, a Hail Holy Queen, and a St. Michael prayer, especially on the first Friday. It's a special night. Yeah. I do not care at all that we said those five prayers. Okay. I did care that I had no idea you where were... we were going. <laughs> I was like, if we say a whole rosary, I'm going outside. <laughs> I refuse. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> I'll say a rosary by myself yeah. outside, but you're not going to force me to do it. <laughs> so uh, it, was, it was just a really good time. Um, you know, I'm staying here at the recreate. It's been so nice. Uh, the other two priests that are here, it's just nice to kind of you know say, say hi to them, see yeah. them. Grateful to be here. We went. We got to go to your your brother's Prager Kegger yesterday. Yes. Ha- they're having their second kid. I got to meet a bunch of like internet people that I had never met in person before. <laughs> yeah, it was just such a good time. Um, and then t- you know today was kind of our relaxing day. Yeah. Uh, you took a, you. you took a nap yesterday. You took a nap uh, today. I did take two naps. I, I I published like nine podcasts during your two naps, so okay. I want you to feel a little bad. Uh, but also, in a good <laughs> in a good thing, <laughs> yeah. um, this rectory yeah. has published a, a C minus level Catholic podcast uh-huh. because you have recorded this show yes. here before. We're uh-huh. recording it here now. Yeah, it's also recorded uh, and, and produced a B to B plus Catholic podcast. Fair. In clerically speaking, yep. As of today, no. It has now published the biggest podcast in the world. Yeah. From this rectory, Father Mike Schmidt's Catechism of the Year. Father Mike Schmidt has now been produced here. Come up with rectory. some original content. I dare you, Mike Schmidt. <laughs> Stop reading someone else's book. That's Bush League. <laughs> I did not think you said Bush League. <laughs> All right, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a break, and we're going to do a segment that you and I have wanted to do. We just didn't have enough yeah. time for the last, like, three months. Yeah. We're going to talk about the theology of... The zombie apocalypse. Don't go anywhere. The only reason that we have survived for 350 episodes, 350 hours of Catholic podcasting over the last seven plus years is because of generous donors like you. 
We are a uh, Catholic nonprofit, 501c3, so the government likes us, the church likes us. So uh, if you would like to become one of our financial supporters, you can do so at ForteCatholic.com slash donate. Uh, the, uh, our monthly donors are like the bedrock of how we are able to survive and continue week after week. Uh, we have people that give $5 a month, $25 a month, $100 a month. That's the most common. There's a few people that give more than that, but uh, uh we would just really appreciate if you could partner with us. Also, we have a special project going on here at the end of the summer. Sarah, who I mentioned earlier, that uh, is a big reason why we're having this celebratory 350th episode. Uh, I'd like to get her a new computer. So uh, if you want to give a one-time donation, her main thing that she's doing is editing audio and video. Her computer's a little bit older, and I can afford to pay her, but I can't really afford to buy her a new, uh, the, the MacBooks that we used in order to produce uh, shows like this and the other 20-plus shows that we work with. So one-time donation would be really helpful there. It's ForteCatholic.com slash donate. Thank you so much for your support. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Fort Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Father Anthony Stroll. I've had a very terrifying face. Um, that's how I looked during most of your mass yeah. last night. Um, so uh, we, I have had this idea mm-hmm. about the zombie apocalypse, and I have this thought that I'm. I think I'm. Com- if I was in the zombie apocalypse, yeah, because I've played enough games in the zombie ap- yeah. apocalypse. Primarily, The Last of Us, mm-hmm. and The Last of Us has been on my mind because of the Last of Us TV show on HBO. It was ah. incredible. Good. And I've often found myself cheering, cheering on or doing things that probably aren't morally correct. Okay. But feel right. Okay. And like, there's a difference because there are certain things that I do in video games because it's escapism that I know are bad. Yeah. But I'm like, it's a video game. Mm -hmm. Like, if I was in the Harry Potter world for real, I wouldn't Avada Kedavra nine people at one time. (laughs) Yeah. But when I played the video game, why not? They're not. You are damn sure that I'm a <laughs> I'm trying to get as many of Vodakadavas at one time right, as possible. Right. So there's a difference. There's a difference Very. between that and like I have thought probably uh, like many men, maybe some women too. What would I do in the zombie apocalypse? Absolutely. Am I prepared for the zombie apocalypse? Do I have enough guns and ammunition? Yes. How would I protect my family? Right. What if it was my family? You know, like, <laughs> these are all important. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've thought about all these things. Every man has considered these questions. So uh, I want to talk about the theology and morality of the zombie apocalypse. The zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and if you think morality changes as the world changes. Okay. 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 So, uh, have you thought about this ever at all once, or am I insane? I mean, I have not thought of it on theological terms. I've done the same thing that you do. I imagine, okay, where would I would I build like some sort of base and like hole up somewhere? Where would I get my food? What weapons would I use? What uh, who would I try to contact? That sort of stuff. Done yeah, yeah. all of that, of course, yeah, yeah. before you know. So, um, some of the moral things where I'm like, I think that I would do what this character did, or I made this character do this thing because I thought it was the right thing to do. So, uh, zombies. Yes. Uh, essentially, we're going to agree on a couple of things. There's a bunch of different zombie things. We got to decide our zombie lore. Essentially, yeah. they're 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 brain dead. Yeah. Um, I think we can talk about are they still human? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that will come up by asking this first question. Okay. So, um, a zombie. Let's start here. Yeah. Let's start here. Yeah. A zombie is coming at me to attack me. Yeah. I shoot it in the head. It dies. Yeah. Did I morally do something wrong? Did you murder a person? Yes. Right? Because that's got to be the question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, so in most zombies, whether it's a virus, which is more like the modern zombie, whether it's like just coming back from the dead, 
Um, I think that being stops being a human being at that point in time. Sometimes we call them like the, or like zombies, living dead. Is that vampires? Anyway, uh, at that point in time, you've changed from a human being to something else. A zombie to me is a walking corpse. So it would be illicit to shoot the zombie in the head. If the zombie apocalypse were to end, I think you should find all those bodies and give them a Christian burial. <laughs> okay, okay. But that's not the, at the immediate, right? What if you already gave them a Christian burial? And they come back up, I would just put them back. <laughs> just dump them back. It's fine. You don't have to like the whole prayer. You're now like, yeah. Susan Lipton. <laughs> yeah. Like, we did this once. Okay. You're fine. You're all buried, just not where you started. <laughs> now, the one thing that like is if it's the virus sort of thing, in a lot of zombie movies and games, there can be a cure. I think that makes it more complicated. This does. Okay, let's stay. Okay, it does. Sure, sure, right. yeah. Let's stay here, though. Okay, so uh, a zombie is coming to attack me. Mm -hmm. I think there's no problem with with killing that. Sure. Because if you went crazy and started to come and attack me, I have the moral ability to protect myself yes. and defend myself and my family. If somebody breaks into my home, both in God's law and in Texas's law, <laughs> I, I can. Which are the same thing, <laughs> yeah. basically. Uh, it's just God's country. Uh, I I can shoot that person. Yes, I, I yes, can I can stop this life to defend this life. You can to, to defend this life, my family's yourself. life. Yeah. Okay, so if it's coming to attack me, um. Now, mm -hmm. it's hard to talk about these things one at a time because you brought up a very interesting point. Mm -hmm. In The Last of Us, uh, minor spoilers for The Last of Us. There's zombies in it. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if you knew. But it is a thing where, whether it was real or not, they were working on a cure. Mm -hmm. And they think that one of the characters um, has the only blood for the cure. Of course. Okay. Um, so that made it weird because mm -hmm. in the beginning, you're, the zombie apocalypse just happens and you don't know this girl, you don't know this person, you, yeah. you don't know any of this stuff, right? Zombies. But zombies start coming to attack your house. Yeah. So he kills all of them. I have no moral qualms about that at all. Do your thing, my guy. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Oh, and I felt great doing it. <laughs> I was like, that's probably my neighbor I didn't like. <laughs> it felt awesome. Yeah. Um, but then if there is a possibility for a cure, and they're attacking me, I still feel fine. Sure. Because that's just like a human being doing it. Yeah. Right? But if we're right here, and the zombie apocalypse happens, I know that there's a possibility of a cure, yeah. and they're just chilling over there, and like I need to get from here to down the street, mm -hmm. if I know that there's possibly a cure, they're not attacking me, can I shoot them in the head? Yeah, see, this is the, the thing <laughs> that, like, because like, part of it was like, oh, okay, I need for my survival to get to point A to point B. If I go from point A to point B, I will pass zombies who want to eat my brains, right? Um, they have yet, I think you, <sighs> yeah. I think if you just like start picking off the zombies before they attack you, I think in that case that becomes, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a little, little dicey. Um, I mean, this actually kind of gets into like just war theory stuff, which I'm not up on. Like, can you? Can you do a preemptive attack on a zombie? Part of me thinks no. Just war would say no. Yeah, yeah right. But I'm, but I'm kind of wrestling with like, like, yeah. Okay, so if I'm just going over there to get lunch, yeah, I think the answer is no. Right. But if I need to get there because I need to get this girl with the cure there, who that now we're playing with just war stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. like I, I cannot, you know, the whole Captain America thing—a life for a life. We don't yeah. trade a life for a life. I'm yeah. like. We do that all the time. You're a captain in the American military, Steve. <laughs> we trade lives all the time, you yes, idiot. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's like I need to get her from here yeah. to a building a mile over there, and there are zombies in the way. They're not attacking me yet. 
I actually think it would be fine. Like, I, I, I'm not saying it's morally fine. Yeah. I'm saying it's what I would do. Yeah. So I'm asking you if it's morally fine. <laughs> well, first, okay, before I, that, this is a very good question, but like, first of all, you said when people are attacking your house, you're totally fine with blowing yes. all the heads off. But what you, you do that, and then you find out there was a cure, is part of you like, whoops, whoops, Daisy, maybe nope. I can, not even that. Because I'm still alive. <laughs> and so is my family. Yeah, okay, zombie apocalypse, what would I do and what was the right thing? Um, I mean, part of me is like, why would I risk my life and not shoot all these zombies beforehand? Um, but I think, I think I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, you got you got to exhaust all other options first. Is there a way to go around? Can I, you know, there's always sewers as a shortcut, right? It's not going to smell that much. And, worse that, than and that happens, drinks. like yes. even in The Last of Us, which is what I'm thinking about. Right. It, so it if happens. you can't avoid it, you should. Um, but if there's like no way to avoid it, then part of me is like, I think I shoot the zombies, right? I, I, I'm going to. Am I going to be excommunicated for bad zombie <laughs> theology? I don't, I don't think so. It's a, it's a new theology. Yeah. The church has not stated... Fi- in finality about the zombie this apocalypse. Is speculative theology. Speculative theology. Yes. Okay. Um, here's wh- here's one. <laughs> this might be the one that we might disagree on. Okay. This is my assumption. Sure. You as the Catholic priest and me as the person who probably when it, when it comes down to brass tacks protecting my own, yeah, might be more important to me than my morality. I, I can see that being a temptation for anybody with a family. Right. Um, so I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying it's who I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, there is a moment in a different zombie thing, and I don't want to give it away. Yeah. I won't say what it is, but I will talk about the thing. Okay. So if you know, if you, if you've played the if you've played the game, you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. But there's a uh, situation mm-hmm. where it's kind of like The Last of Us, where there is a man who is. Um, for whatever reason, put in charge of protecting this young girl. Mm-hmm. And that is like, I've, like, that's one of my, the core of my being as a protector, especially of young people and yeah. girls, right? Yeah. Um, wife, three little girls, like coach girl. Like, yeah. it's, it's very important to me and it always kind of has been. Mom, my sister, like, I, it's just kind of always been a thing for me. Um, well, in this story, the man is doing all the things that you would teach a young woman to do. She's probably 13, I don't know, somewhere around there. Yeah. Like, doing all the protecting at first and finding all the food and then over the course of the story teaching her how to shoot teaching her how to because what if he dies yeah right yeah and you get to the end of this story Mm -hmm. and he's you as the man are bitten Mm -hmm. and there's this girl Mm -hmm. and you know exactly how long before you turn Mm -hmm. and she has to make a decision Mm. he says Mm -hmm. i need you to kill me Mm -hmm. it's his it, he's he's done. Right, right. He, he's dying. He's right? going to become a zombie. He's going to become, and yeah. in this world, there's no talk of a cure. Yeah. There's no talk of a cure. Mm-hmm. Maybe down the road, but there's no talk of it. Nobody yeah. knows, right? And he, he's saying, this is his final lesson. Mm-hmm. She has hurt a zombie before. Mm-hmm. She's never killed one. Mm-hmm. And he says, I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. Not for him. Yeah. But he's doing it for, for, for her own safety. Because there's nobody else around. Yeah. Right? And he says, I need you to kill me. And the choice is, mm-hmm. you have a moral decision. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're playing as the little girl, mm-hmm. which, like, I get goosebumps. It's such a good game. Yeah. It's so, so sad. It's the saddest moment in video game history yeah. ever had. You can walk away without shooting him. Mm-hmm. And he's devastated. Yeah. And she's devastated. Either way, she's devastated, yeah. right? Um, you can shoot him before he turns. Wow. Or you can shoot him after he turns. Mm-hmm. 
and I chose to shoot him before he turned. What? You killed a dude. <laughs> right. But so so I think I think yeah. Or I, I don't I don't think I know that that's euthanasia. Yes. <laughs> but yes. it's also different than euthanasia. Right. Because euthanasia would be like. <laughs> He's going to die in two minutes. Yeah. He's not going to die. In this idea, they're not sure if they're not human anymore. Right, right, right. They kind of think that the people still know what's going on. They just can't control it, mm -hmm. which is incredibly sad. It's very sad. And like... Holy smoke, sad. So, yeah. that's the decision I would make. I would. I, I, that's the decision I made. After I made the decision, um, I the walking away kind of seemed like a thing. Yeah. But then I felt like I was failing him. Like, oh, as right. a person, like as a person that I cared about, right? Um, I'm not waiting until he turns. Yeah. That's a safety thing. <laughs> I've been protecting this girl for 10 hours. Yeah. I'm not going to let her be alone in a room with a zombie. <laughs> that might be the correct moral thing. Right, right, right. But it seems like the craziest decision in that moment. Right. So that's the decision I'm making. What do you think? <sighs> Understandable. All of your, it's, it's understandable. <laughs> None of what you're saying is crazy, right? <laughs> the problem with, with, with uh, morality is as, as Catholics, we know that this life is not the only life. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, that changes a lot of things we do. So if you were going by sure, like like by just straight up prudence and survival, yeah, shoot the guy before he dies. You know, he's gone anyway. If 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 this is just kind of like a mathematical equation of what is the best thing for each of you, that seems like it, right? Uh, the problem is that would be murder, you know, uh, and everyone's gonna die anyway. And we also know this it would be life. murder. Yeah, but. But right. I think just war still kind of yeah. I think we're at war. Yeah, maybe. I think you're killing mm -hmm. a combat. I, you could be seeing right. it as killing a combat. Anyway. Keep yes. Going. Okay. Or it could be like a prisoner of war, which you really can't kill. Like it's it's that's confusing. Um, uh, walking away. Um, if I was playing a video game, like and I want to win, I'm not walking away because what if there's a cutscene where he turns into a zombie and kills me when I'm walking away? That there's a scene in the next thing. Yeah. That shows him yeah. still aimlessly walking around. Yeah. So after you've made the decision, yeah. no matter what you just. But if I'm playing a video game, I want to win, and like that's 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 not how you win. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> and I also agree. If you're playing a video game and you, you want to win, you get to the end of a video game, you put your controller down, just walk off. That's what you just did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the, for the third option of of keeping them alive, I totally get where you're coming from. It's like that seems like a like a dumb idea as well. Hmm. That being said, morally speaking, if you're going to shoot him, if you're going to assume that this is you no longer are a human being that on some level you've died, but your body is still going on. Um, like you've legitimately died. Like, yes, you can shoot them after they go a zombie. Um, yes, you can walk away. No, you, you can't kill the guy while he's not. Here, here's the last wrinkle. Yeah. Because I, I figured that's what you would say. Yeah. The last wrinkle is if you don't kill him, uh -huh. if you choose to kill him, yeah. he's not in the next game. If you don't choose to kill him, yeah. there's a scene where you're walking through zombies. Yeah. And you see what what might be him. Yeah. Like what almost everybody that plays it thinks, thinks it's, it's him. him. Yeah. And there's this understanding in this universe yeah. that they're still in there. Uh, they have not died. Uh, like, so as a Catholic, I'm sitting there thinking, his soul's still there. He's not in heaven, hell, purgatory. Yeah. He's right there. Uh, and it's been years. Uh, he is stuck there. Yeah. So it actually made me feel better yeah. about my choice to kill him. Yeah. Because I freed him. Yeah. Without without that's not why I made the decision. Right. But it made you think I would feel worse after. Yeah. I felt better. Yeah. That he wasn't in my game. Right. I saw other people that it was. It made me feel because like if he he know so 
my understanding of this, I, you know, this is just, it's, it's art. We're all making our own interpretation. Yeah. My actual interpretation of this mm -hmm. is that if you leave him there, he is now, it's, it's like he's in this middle place. Mm -hmm. He's not in heaven, hell, or purgatory. He's not dead. Right. He's right there, just out of complete control. And he's going to be like that until someone kills him. Yeah. Which, if humanity dies, yeah. will be forever? The heat death of the universe or something? Yeah. Like, it could be forever. It could be right? a very long time. So I feel like... Yeah. I, again, I'm not trying to validate my thing, right, but right. I am saying it made me feel better. It felt like a the merciful thing to do. Now that can again bring up mercy killing, which mm -hmm. is euthanasia. But it actually kind of felt like it was the like well, I felt vindicated. This actually, yeah, this yeah. is actually a very good point. This is a very good point because a lot of times, you know, we as Catholics, we know what is right and what is wrong in a lot of these scenarios, right? Uh, mercy killing, euthanasia is wrong. Um, but one thing we don't, and that's true, that's absolutely true, but one thing we don't give enough credit to is that in real life, non-zombie life, these decisions emotionally are, and like, relationally much more difficult to make, you know? If you see, like, uh, your loved one, like, just suffering, like, there's a part of you that wants to end that suffering, no matter what, right? And we don't, we don't give that enough credit, we don't give that enough reverence, that, like, this, these are not easy decisions, right? Um, and I think a lot of times in the conversation, we're just focused on what is right, which we have to keep in mind, absolutely. Um, but we, we're not pastoral to like the fact that these people really suffer going through something. You know, what if somebody, you know, uh, like in Canada where they're doing like youth or assisted suicide, um, absolutely wrong. Um, but sometimes we don't give the, the suffering that person's going through like enough credit, if that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. Um, in this scenario, like so that's, that's what this brings up. Like, I totally get it. Like being trapped in your own body, which uh, you may like see yourself eat somebody, right? Horrifying. Yes. You may be wandering about the world for thousands of years until like, I don't know, a big piece of hail hits you maybe, you're lucky, like maybe that, a tornado that, that's hits you. like my worst nightmare. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying. Just stuck. Absolutely. But in the really grand scheme of things, it's nothing hmm. in comparison to eternity. Eating a person is nothing compared to absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, like eternity with God, like that's the one thing. It's 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 very difficult to imagine, but like the fact that God can make up for any suffering or evil we experience in this life so much so that it will look like nothing in comparison mm -hmm. is not something we can imagine, but something we can have faith in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, that's fine for me. I think I'm still killing him. Yeah. There you go. Uh, my <laughs> final question. Yes. Final question. Uh, and again, I'm not going to spoil it, but if you've interacted with this thing, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, we're going back to the scenario of you are an older man protecting a younger girl. Yeah. She, um, these scientists are saying that she is the only oh. available thing for the cure. Whether she is or not, you're not sure. You don't know. They are 100% convinced. Yes. They are 100% convinced. You get to the, to the moment. And uh, they haven't told you, and you find out right at the end mm -hmm. that uh, they are, this is your, essentially by, by she's your daughter by yeah. this point. Yeah, 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 Like this, as I'm playing the game, I'm picturing this is Felicity or Magnus. Like, this is my daughter. It's, it's not his actual daughter. But Aren't video games supposed to be fun? Uh, <laughs> no. They're supposed to make you think, which is what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, uh, sure, they can be fun, but uh, <laughs> I usually play the ones that make me angry. Yeah. Um, so... She's she's quite possibly the only cure, but you find out that she's going to die in the process. Mm -hmm. um, this was a controversial decision in yes. this in this uh, media. Fair enough. Um, 
he chose because he found out he was lied to. He found this out, yeah. and he he kills thirty people, uh, including a lot of these doctors yeah. who are the last doctors in this last lab, yeah. in order to go save mm -hmm. his daughter. Um, and I am one hundred percent down with it <laughs> because you lied to me, and I'm protecting my own. Um, and, but so with all that being said. Yeah. Uh, it, it might have shocked me at the beginning, but ultimately when I sat with it, I was like, it's probably the decision I'm making. Again, I'm not saying it's the right decision. It's just, just being what, honest. <laughs> what, I'm just being honest, what Taylor would do. Yeah. Um, but it's this whole, there's also part of me, though, that does like one person sacrificing for all of humanity. I've heard that story around Catholicism somewhere before. Right. right. Um, so, but I would do it. I would sacrifice myself yeah. to save humanity. I would sacrifice myself to save my kids. Yeah. I'm not sacrificing my daughter to save humanity. I think that's actually right. Like, you can't kill someone to save someone else, mm -hmm. right? So if that girl chose of her own free will to do it, that's totally fine. Um, I still wouldn't have let her. Uh, <laughs> any She's good dad. Right, 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 right. dad. Right, right. But people make very important decisions at 14 if you look up throughout the Bible, right? Um, so that would be fine to like, uh, and it, it, it's like, you'll die in the process of this procedure, right? right. Um, that's, that's fine and actually very commendable, but also like, uh, at the end of the day, a bunch of people like kidnapped your daughter. You're, you're allowed to go save. I think you're absolutely allowed to do that right now. Like, um, it depends on like, on the killing the 30 people, are you trying to get to your daughter or are you just on a mad rampage kind of like? Yep. Yeah, see that's... <laughs> it's both though. Yeah, it's... It's again, it's it's right. this like, I'm here, she's there. Right. I'm get, I'm getting there. Right, right, right. And that's one thing that's actually difficult about like, even like... He, in, it, and again, right. he's killing people that are shooting at him. Right. Which is fine. Right. Uh, there's one person though that... Uh, and this is the other tricky thing, because like the it, what's going on in your interior matters as well. If you're a soldier and you are, you know, you have to kill somebody. That's one thing. If you're doing so with a delight and a glee and a bloodlust, that's definitely sinful, right? Yeah. Um, so if that's this stuff. It, it, it's very complicated. It's it is. Complicated. It is. I like this a lot. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for months, and it. Whew, I feel. Yeah. Like it paid off. <laughs> <laughs> Some stuff to think about. Yeah, it, it's intriguing. Yeah, it makes me think. Yeah. So uh, if you thought video games were mindless and just for fun, like this loser, I think about this stuff all the time because of video games. I'm going to play happy games where I shoot aliens who don't have a soul. That's easy for me. Oh, but do they? Tune nah. in next time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what C.S. Lewis says. <laughs> I'm Taylor Scholl. That's Father Anthony's Travel. This is our 350th episode. Thanks Woo! for watching with us live from the rectory in Pittsburgh. Yeah. We're going to go to another mass where I'll probably take less notes. Yeah. Because we already did the content. We're, we're done. We don't need any more content. <laughs> All right. He'll be back in a few weeks. I'll be back, in a, I'll be back next week. See ya. <laughs>